The Pat Kenny Show with Matter Private Network on News Talk. The history of how mental illness was treated by the Irish is not really regularly discussed, but a new documentary drama, The Asylum Workshop, running from the 14th to the 24th of June at the Black Box Theatre at TU Dublin Conservatoire at Grange Gorman, does precisely that. It brings to life the often troubled, unspoken history of Grange Gorman Mental Hospital by piecing together fragments from the archives of the institution once known as the Lunatic Asylum. Joining me now is the play's uh, creator, playwright Colin Murphy, and Professor of Psychiatry at Trinity College in Dublin, Brendan Kelly, who is featured. Uh, Colin, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Pat. I grew up close enough to uh, Grange Gorman. Uh, I went to school. My first school was Stanhope Street Convent Uh, School before I went to O'Connell's Christian Brothers. And we were terrified of Grange Gorman Lunatic Asylum. What was behind those walls? What was behind? And we referred to it as the Lunatic Asylum. Yes, the, 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 those those words are still engraved uh, on 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 the building, uh, lunatic asylum, which is now, of course, a beautiful new university, technological university. Of course. Yeah. Now, t- tell me uh, something of the history of this and how you came upon this story. So, so uh, TU Dublin, which used to be DIT, moved to to the campus, and it's a kind of extraordinary reinvention and, and opening up and taking down of those walls. And they have a school of music and drama conservatoire, and they had the inspired idea to commission a play for their students based on the history. And I write plays about history and, and, and you know, documentary theatre. And, and, and so I was very lucky. I also happened to be living up the road, so I have that personal connection. So they came to me and asked me, would I go into the archives and yeah. see what I could produce for them? Now, how old are the archives? I mean, when did they start taking records? Because this place was built at the beginning of the 19th century. 1814, yeah. The archives go right back. Um, so, so I mean, it, it was it was daunting because there was sort of two hundred years of history, and Aristotle would have told me, "Well, you can't write a play about two hundred years." Uh, and then, of course, thousands and thousands of people have uh, uh, passed through it. So, so looking for the looking for the play, looking for the drama, was a little like looking for the needle in the haystack. But now, it had many different lives. It, it uh, finished up as St Brendan's, uh, and that's how it became known in you know a more um, civilized era. Yes, but always known as the Gorman. I think Gorman, that was yeah. the, the locals have always called it the Gorman. But yet, the, so there, there was the, as they called it, the Lunatic Asylum, the psychiatric hospital there from 1814. There was a workhouse just prior to that. There was a cholera hospital. At one point, one of the buildings was used as a, as a, a prison for, for, for women and children uh, who were being uh, sent to Van Diemen's Land. Uh, so it was kind of this kind of extraordinary penitentiary campus. Mm. How many people did it house at its peak? At its peak, it was over a thousand. It was built for for two hundred. It was almost. I mean, and and as Brendan Kelly will tell you, it it, it was it was quite a um, a utopian and idealistic. Uh, idea at the time, but it was almost immediately overcrowded, okay. and they constantly kept coming up against that and, and and expanding and getting overcrowded and expanding. I'll come back to you in a moment to, to hear how the drama evolved because it is a, a dramatic piece. Uh, Brendan, uh, th- this business of the lunatic asylum, as it was so called, and uh, presumably uh, people presumed it was for lunatics, for people who were crazy. Yes, I mean it was identified and built and constructed for people who are deemed lunatics. Um, And obviously that phraseology is no longer appropriate and maybe wasn't even then. But pretty soon these institutions became used for all kinds of things. People with intellectual disability, people who didn't fit in, people who were just unwanted in one way or other. And we do have a fatal weakness for institutions here in Ireland. So pretty soon 
the mental hospitals during the 1800s became the largest institutions by a very long chalk in Irish society. Yeah. Now, you didn't have to be committed to the institution by a medical doctor, did you? Well, not for much of the history, no. Um, and there was some legislation passed in the 1840s that just that said someone could be sent via prison to one of these mental hospitals if they were deemed that they might pose a risk. This was called the dangerous lunatics legislation. And this led to all kinds of people who weren't even faintly dangerous going through the prison system. And then the mental hospital had to accept them. The doctors had no choice when people came via this route, which quickly became the pathway of choice for families and communities who were trying to put people away. Um, what was the regime like within the walls? These were these very quickly became institutions. So while in 1814, St. Brendan's or Grange Gorman opened with very good intentions, pretty soon you had an institutional re regime with, you know, hours of waking, hours of going to bed. Uh, patients were often put to work. And now there were some enlightened reforms. There was a school at Grange Gorman and there were classes given, outings from time to time. But overall, you're looking at a very institutional uh, way of life and the problems of institutions. So, for example, between 10 and 12 patients, die, 10 and 12 percent of all asylum patients died every year in the institutions for reasons mainly infectious diseases like tuberculosis and so on. So really all the problems we associate with institutions. In terms of the, the kind of incarceration, I mean, was there much use of the straitjacket of the padded room, that kind of thing? Or to what extent, if you'd gone into Grange Gorman, would you have found effectively a village within the walls where normal things happened too? There was a there was a real mix going on. So straight jackets and treatments like insulin coma and even lobotomy were used at various points. But there was also this entire village inside. There was a farm that patients worked on and there were all kinds of tradespersons and craftspersons and an awful lot of maintenance needed for the institution. There was also some religion in there. There were chaplains and usually a Roman Catholic church and a Church of Ireland uh, church and a pastor as well. But what's really interesting, Pat, is that these, the largest institutions in Ireland, uh, were not run by the Catholic church. So we don't have that usual explanation that is so accurate for many other institutions but the mental hospitals were not run by the roman catholic church and um, so that makes them very very different to a lot of the institutions we're more familiar with now were they run therefore by the state or to what extent was there any voluntary element of you know third parties well-meaning mm -hmm. charities there was a small number of um, charities that ran um, institutions. Uh, for example, the Quakers ran a couple of asylums and um, St. Patrick's Hospital was founded by Jonathan Swift. But for the state mental hospitals that people will know dotted around the country, these were secular, these were government run, these were centrally funded and centrally run. Um, now, you did have local people involved in the boards, but broadly speaking, these were these were run by the government. These were state-run institutions. And, you know, at their peak in the 1950s, 1960s, we had maybe 20,000 people in mental hospitals, which, you know, per head of population is the highest rate of psychiatric hospitalisation in the world uh, before or since. Now, was the transformation of Grange Gorman 
uh, to St. Brendan's, uh, which ultimately closed, of course, to make way for uh, TUD. Uh, was it seamless? Were we getting sort of gradual reforms uh, ultimately leading to the regime in St. Brendan's and then the whole philosophy of returning people to the community where that was possible? Yes, so this happened gradually in the 1970s, 1980s. And Dr. Ivor Brown, who many people will know, was one of the people leading this at Grange Gorman. Um, it happened slowly. Um, some uh, medications became available for long-term schizophrenia, which were helpful. But most of all, what happened was Ireland changed. We joined the EU. People became less tolerant of these kinds of institutions. And these were very much social institutions rooted in communities and societies. So it's only when there was this kind of socio-political change in Ireland that the large institutions finally began to falter and ultimately to close. So, uh, Colin Murphy, the playwright, how do you turn this into drama? Yeah, with difficulty. <laughs> it was it was a real struggle. I was I was daunted by the scale of the history and and uh, and, and also who writes that history? That history is written by authorities, by academics, by medics largely by men, um, and and it tells you the story of the buildings, the policies, the treatments, uh, the regimes. What about the patients? The patients only tend to be in the history as patients, as subjects. And, and, and so what I was struggling to find was the patient voice. Yeah. And then I went into the archives, and the archives are huge. And, but then I found, uh, I stumbled upon this, this book called The Female Casebook 1908. And if you remember the atlases we used to have, these kind of huge, it was that scale, they they had to wheel it out in a trolley, this old leather-bound volume, and possibly nobody had opened this since 1908. And I opened this this huge cover, and the first page, and there was this extraordinary black and white photo of a woman. And it turned out that every, they had a photo studio in Great Jordan, and every patient, every inmate was photographed, and these beautiful but incredibly sad studio portraits. And, and, and that was where I started to get, it, I mean, these were, were archives were kept by the medics, but still there were elements of the patient's voice there, and that started to, to bring it alive for me. The show opens when? It opens on Wednesday, on and it Wednesday? runs till Saturday week, 14th to the 24th. Okay, and booking through? Eventbrite.ie, the Asylum Workshop. Uh, it's called, you say? The, the Asylum Workshop. The Asylum Workshop, eventbrite.ie is where you book, and it's uh, author Colin Murphy and Brendan Kelly, Professor of Psychiatry at Trinity College in Dublin. Uh, thank you both very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.